And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome to Fastened Like Nails. And in the studio with me this morning is Molly Mayo. Hello. So, Molly, this will be our third attempt to get this recording off the ground. <laughs> we have our engineer today, a new engineer. Yes. Spencer. Very first time. Spencer. Spencer. Sakal. <laughs> Something like Sackle. that. Sackle. I like Sakal <laughs> because it's the guy. Hebrew word for? Skill, he says. Skill. That makes sense. It's, it's another word for wisdom in the Bible. Yeah, oh, I love in the book that. Book of Proverbs. I think it goes all the way back to Genesis. So, Spencer, wow. thanks uh, for being here this morning and helping us out with uh, engineering. I think you're enjoying your position, huh? Cool. Oh he's, yeah. He's a bright, blue-eyed, blonde hair Scandinavian sitting there behind the studio with this great smile, and he loves to worship and sing, and mm-hmm. I love singing with him. Yeah. Okay, so Spencer, you can correct me if there's any thing that is erroneous this morning in the scripture, all you got to do is just kind of look at me through this glass wall and just give me that, yeah, give me that kind of look. There you go. Say like, that is not right. The quizzical, what did you just say, look? So we're going to look at two um, kings and people just get them confused. We're going to look at King Solomon's son, Rehoboam, Mm -hmm. and we're going to look at Solomon's right-hand man who was ahead of all of his, you know, overseeing the the buildings and Mm. the architecture and, and, and people and and um, he was helping Israel advance, mm-hmm. and his name is Jeroboam. Jeroboam. So, so if he was King Solomon's right-hand man, then he's got to be a pretty top-notch guy. He was. Um, he was going somewhere, mm-hmm. and Solomon knew it. And Solomon was like, uh, I don't know about this guy. I think he's going to actually want to take over. Oh, wow. So, so then what happened? Well, I think he thought he was needed to flee for his life, and so he goes to Egypt. Jeroboam. Mm. Yep. So Jeroboam's gone, and during this time— uh, Solomon's about to die, and mm. his son Rehoboam is going to be the next king. Yeah, he becomes the next king, and uh, things dun, aren't dun, going dun, too dun. well. They dun, need dun, a little dun, bit dun. more money, so he taxes the people, makes them work a little bit harder. Oh. And the old wise men come to him and say, hey, look, you got to be a little bit easier on the people. Mm-hmm. Treat them treat them nice. Be a servant. Be a servant leader. Mm. And um, Rehoboam says, okay, well, listen, let's do this. You guys give me your advice, and then I'm going to get some advice from my friends, mm. my peers. Rehoboam brings his peers in there, and they say, no, listen here. Make things more difficult for the people. Let them know that you're in charge. And um, make things double their taxes. Oh, boy. Um, make your sting like a scorpion sting, you know? And, and Rehoboam's like, okay, got the wise men over on this side, say, make things easier and serve them. Mm. And I got my, my peers on my right side, and they're saying, like, just come here and be the boss. That's terrible. And he chooses... The counsel of his friends. No, Rehoboam, remember the Proverbs wisdom lessons. I know. Listen to your father's counsel and seek wise men. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. And so uh, as a result, the people rebel mm. and there's going to be a split in the kingdom. At that time, Jeroboam from Egypt mm-hmm. comes back and a lot of people join him and they make him king. Mm-hmm. And now they're making him king, but Rehoboam's got to make a decision here. And so Rehoboam says, well, this is not going to happen. So Rehoboam, in chapter 12 of 1 Kings, gets together 180,000 choice soldiers. You'll see that in verse 21. It says, when Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. Now, Ooh, are these the left-handed warriors? Yes. So, so, you know, if, if 
Judah is there and Simeon and, and mm-hmm. all these other tribes are there fighting for Rehoboam. That's fine. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeroboam's like, okay, we'll take you on. Mm-hmm. But when you add Benjamin to the fray, <laughs> look out. It says that the Benjamin warriors, they had faces like lions. Oh, whoa. It's, Didn't David kind of put something in place where there was an army? And so then, you know, he he had like made, was it the tribe of Benjamin yeah. to, you know, be provided for and then to constantly be training and everything yeah. for the future? Yeah, they oh, were. Oh, wow. It's Saul. King Saul comes from the tribe of Benjamin. Really? Yeah. And so. He was a tall guy. Yeah. And these were, these were vicious warriors. It says they could, they could cast a stone in a sling and, and hit a hairbreadth. Wow. You know, they, they just were dead aims. They learned from the best, I'm sure. Yeah, David. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, so they, so the word of God throws in this, like, they're coming at you mm. and Benjamin's coming too. And like Jeroboam's like, oh no, this is not good. Yeah. Verse 22. And this is the key for chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16. Um, this is going to be the key for all the scripture leading up to the reign of Josiah. And we're going to learn about Josiah in chapter 12 and 13. Now, Josiah, he's going to be the future king. He's not born yet. He's going to be a king at eight years of age. A little baby king. (laughs) And he is going to have the greatest revival in all of Israel. That's wild. Well, the problem is, is that Rehoboam, Uh King Solomon's son, he just doesn't follow Mm. the path of righteousness. And he just dumbs down the worship of Israel. The temple worship isn't involved anymore. And he just Mm. becomes a very kind of an immoral king. And then Jeroboam, he's twice as bad. Yikes. So so are they both ruling at the same time here or there's just this big war that's happening? Yeah, they're going to rule at exactly the same time. Oh, but yikes. before they start ruling together, mm-hmm. what's going to happen is the kingdom is going to split. Aww. Ten tribes in the north, two tribes in the south. And there's a lot of controversy over the 12 tribes. If you mm-hmm. look at look at the accounts in the Bible, there's mm-hmm. three separate accounts that, I've, that I found. And each time you have an account of the 12 tribes, they're different. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, so... And, you know, Levi is one of the tribes, and they're they're listed, but then they're not listed again. And then mm. they're listed again in the book of Revelation. Interesting. They don't have a land. They don't have a place. An inheritance. Or an yeah. inheritance. And so they're provided for by the people. Oh, interesting. Uh, especially in light of, this is probably just a little side note, but we've been talking about, like, workers in ministry with Jesus and Luke and stuff. And he was saying something like, you know— a workman is worthy of his hire, and then they're staying in all these different places. So it's interesting that it's the tribe of Levi that doesn't have a place to rest. Like everyone's, it was their responsibility, like when they're unified, to take care of the Levites, right? Exactly. Oh, cool. Yeah, they were the ones that um, they they took care of the temple. Mm. They they were the protection. The Levites would have been the ones when the king was in the temple. They were the protectors of the king. Mm. They did the sacrifices. So you had priests and the Levites. Mm-hmm. But they don't have a place, and so they're provided for by the people. And then what's happening here during the days of Jeroboam and Rehoboam is that the temple is no longer the place where it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, it's no longer honored and valued like it used to be. And as a result, the Levites are no longer valued and taken Aww. care of anymore. So the food supply gets less. Their honor gets less. Interesting. And they start to disperse. And so you're going to find them dispersed throughout the 12 tribes of Israel. They go to Ephraim, mm-hmm. um, and there their people are actually buying a Levite. What? Yeah. Like, if I can buy a Levite, 
I will give you clothes. Um, and it happens twice. Uh-huh. I'll give you clothes. I'll give you 10 shekels of silver uh-huh. and I'll feed you and I'll give you a house. As long as you be my father and you kind of like keep blessing us. Oh, that's so distorted. Yeah, they were supposed Abusing to be the connection between them and God. And so they saw them oh. as a lucky charm. Much like some of the pagan churches over the last 2,000 years, hmm. people started to see the priests as some elite force that had a connection with God that the lay people couldn't have. Hmm. That's why they kept the people from reading the Bible so that the priests could do the, the you know, the masses in Latin. Mm-hmm. And kind of control the culture. Absolutely. So they're getting away from the Word of God, what God had said. Keeping people away from the Word of God was so important, mm-hmm. not only for the Roman church and some other churches in our last 2,000 mm-hmm. years, but during this time, both Jeroboam and Rehoboam are going to keep people away from the true worship of God so that they can have their own control. Mm, that's scary. So Rehoboam, he's like 180,000 choice warriors. Verse 22, but the word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God. So apparently Shemaiah mm. is a prophet. And he says, say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to all the rest of the people, Thus says the Lord, you shall not go up and fight against your relatives Mm. to the people of Israel. Don't be divided. Let every man return to his home, for this thing is from me. Well, that's convicting. This starts with an emphasis on the word of God. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, Rehoboam is either going to hear this or he's going to reject it. Mm. What do you think he does? I don't know. It seems like he's been kind of doing his own thing this whole time. He has, but this time he's got to humble himself and realize that his foolishness of not serving the people like the wise men told Mm -hmm. him to do is going to cost him. It's going to cost him 10 tribes. Now, the two tribes that he keeps, Benjamin and Judah, Mm -hmm. they're the most most powerful, you know, and he also gets to keep Jerusalem. So he gets Mm -hmm. to keep the temple, the grandeur of the temple. So he's got the best part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other 10 tribes, you know, they're more of the farmers <laughs> and they're out in the, the hills and the hill country. And, uh, you know, half side, you know, half of Manasseh is on the other side of the Jordan mm-hmm. River. And so it's like, okay, I can let this go as long as I have the majority of the population uh-huh. and they're going to be with me. But there's a problem. Verse 25. Jeroboam is going to become the next king of the 10 tribes of Israel and while he's there, he's got to make some quick decisions. And because he is paranoid, mm. he says, um, let's make a new place here for the people to go to. And he makes Shechem mm-hmm. the new place that's going to be his capital. So Jerusalem's the capital of the south. Mm-hmm. Shechem's the capital of the north. Ooh, okay. So now what, he's kind of emulating a little bit. Well, Shechem is very—it's it's such an unusual place because— um, Jeroboam knows the history here. This mm-hmm. is where Abraham first came into the land and sets up an altar. Oh, interesting. You know what? When we were in Israel, we went to an area. Was it Shechem yeah. or was it? Yeah, yes, we went so, to Shechem. And there was actually a place that they were finding that was where Abraham walked through. They were saying yeah. it was one of the most ancient sites. And it was like some of it, you know, was still hardened with the foam and they were like trying to restore it and preserve it. But it was this big, massive like gate that was part of the original structure. So that's really cool reading this and being like, oh, that's – and that was right near – what I think you're going to talk about with the high places. Exactly. And so Jeroboam, he's got to keep people away from Jerusalem going back there because mm. he's afraid that people are going to 
get reconnected with Rehoboam. So he's paranoid. And um, as a result of his paranoia, he sets up his own capital. And this capital, Abraham, Joshua, Mm -hmm. Jacob, they all have a religious experience in Shechem. Crazy. So, but so Jeroboam, he's got it. He's like, uh-huh. I, I'm going to place all of these historical mm-hmm. religious connections mm-hmm. with the people so that they can see that Shechem is a holy place. Oh, that's scary. God's place was Jerusalem. Uh-huh. But Jeroboam is going to say, I've got a new place for you. And we're going to look into the history of this. Okay, so um, we go to... Um, Verse 26, it says, And Jeroboam said in his heart, and notice that he says in his heart, how did he know that? How did the writer of this know this? Uh, divine revelation. Yeah, absolutely. Now the kingdom will turn back to the house of David. This is what he's saying in his heart. He said, mm-hmm. oh, the kingdom's going to go back to David, or Rehoboam. If this people go up to offer sacrifices in the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of the people will turn again to their Lord, mm-hmm. to Rehoboam, to Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and return to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So, Molly, think about it in today's um, church, for example. Mm-hmm. A pastor that starts to be a little bit paranoid that mm. there's some factions in the church. Okay, so what does he do? He gets some people on his side, mm. and then there's some factions on the other side. I know of a pastor one time where he felt that God was calling him and his wife and family to leave and go to another church. Okay. Okay? He had been in this church for 10 years. Wow. And, uh, but he just sensed that God's now, usually when a pastor leaves a church, they don't tell anybody. They just read the letter on a Sunday and let everyone know that they are leaving, you know, and then the church cries. And if they don't, if they like the pastor, they don't cry Mm -hmm. if they don't Mm -hmm. like the pastor and then they leave. But this pastor decided to do something different. Hmm. He decided to engage his congregation and say to them on a Sunday, listen, everybody, I sense that God is leading me to take another church, but I do not want to make a move unless all of us, you and my family included, know that this is God's will. So would we be able to spend the next 90 days in prayer for God's will to be done in our lives and yours? Because I don't want to be here if God doesn't want me to be here. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to go somewhere else if God doesn't want me to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So can we pray together? And so he engages all the congregation. Wow. That's a huge risk because if there are people in there that want him gone anyways, uh-huh. you know, then that builds those factions, uh-huh. right? So this paranoid King Jeroboam, uh-huh. what he's going to do next, not only set up a religious center in his new capital, Shechem, but notice what he does in verse 32. It says, Jeroboam appointed a feast on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the feast that was in Judah. So he's doing an identical thing that they do in Judah. Hmm. And he offers sacrifices on the altar so he did so he did in bethel sacrificing to the calves that he made he makes mm-hmm. golden calves like they same things that came out of egypt that's crazy and now he's going to have this is the new worship idol for israel the northern tribes are no longer going to worship yahweh they're going to worship these golden calves and it says this it says he did these things he devised from his own heart and he instituted a feast for the people of Israel and went up to the altar to make offerings. So, mm. so the king is going up to make these offerings. He's worshiped before, before these golden calves. And he's instituting something new in Israel because he wants to make it on the same day, similar to what's going on mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, but to a different deity. 
It sounds like we did this whole study on uh, wisdom and folly. So folly takes what wisdom has set in place and just changes it a little bit. Like she is having this big feast and then folly is like, I have, you know, stolen water. And so she has all these different elements that are the same, which is interesting. That's exactly what Jeroboam is doing here where he's like, okay, I got to like do something quick. And he's a smart guy. So he's like just twisting it just a little bit here and there. That's got to have been really confusing as a people. And not only that, but the same thing happens today. Mm. This whole context is about keeping people away from the Word of God. Mm. The Word of God said to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The true discernment to discern because it's like, okay, you know, how many times in, in my own life I've been like, okay, that sound, there's something just not quite right about it, but I don't know what it is. And it's that level of discernment, like finding the truth, because usually it's like truth with a little bit of lie that's mixed in. That's the most mm-hmm. dangerous instead of it just being like, we're not going to worship God anymore. Mm-hmm. He was smarter than that. He was like, no, we're going to work. Like, why Why do you go all the way to Jerusalem? Like, that's kind of silly. Isn't mm-hmm. that, have you ever thought how inconvenient that is? Like tell Dan, and especially what you were saying with the context of Shechem, you know, this is, this is just as holy and great as mm-hmm. there and and here like look at this beautiful image and you I mean he he came in with confidence and, and suave and he just like totally distorted everything that happens today as well we say to ourselves why should I have to go all the way to church I can just watch a sermon on Sunday mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of people have been watching for the last decade they've been watching a certain preacher that is so eloquent he's so good I'm mm-hmm. not gonna mention his name but um, just recently, he just announced that um, he's going to go with the whole transgender movement. No. Yeah, it's just crazy. And I'm like, how in the world is that even possible? Mm. And, and But people today, they're not listening to the Word of God. God mm-hmm. says simply, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves mm. together as the manner of some is. But so much the more as the day approaches, provoke one another to love and good works. Mm. And so the community, having people together is so important. Mm-hmm. Jeroboam. He's trying to keep people apart. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you lose that unity. And as soon as you lose the unity, you lose the ability to see yourself the way God wants you to see yourself. Mm-hmm. For example, one of the most important parts of community is learning not just to love one another, mm-hmm. but to speak the truth to one another. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you can't just have church like church, you know, like you go to <laughs> church and you hear a pastor preach. You sing a few songs, and then you leave. Uh-huh. That's not church. Uh-huh. The real church is the body of Christ, where every joint supplies that which is lacking, mm. where you engage yourself with one another. You speak the truth in love to one another. I'll never forget, uh, at church, um, oh, 30 years ago, um, I was young. I was um, very zealous and <laughs> always um, busy about something, you know, and I was in ministry. I was a pastor of Christian education, et cetera, et cetera. And um, this, this young, and I was at another church. I was down in Clark Summit. And this young man, my age, he was in seminary too. He had some questions for me and he was talking to me and he was looking right at me. But mm-hmm. I was looking at, was someone watching the bookstore? Was someone taking care of mm-hmm. the chairs over here? Mm-hmm. And I was looking at all the things I was responsible mm-hmm. for. And he's trying to talk to me and I was not giving him my full attention. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, and he waited till I caught his eyes, and he said, you're not a very good listener. And I was wow. like, I know. Can you imagine someone saying that to you? Mm-hmm. You can? Mm-hmm. You're a very good listener, though. <laughs> <I> <laughs> not always. I can't imagine someone saying that to you, but that 
That was 30 years ago. Wow. That left an imprint uh-huh. on my life uh-huh. all these years. And I'm still not a very good listener, but I'm a much better listener than I ever was Aww. because of that. Mm-hmm. That's iron sharpening iron. Mm-hmm. That's allowing correction to come into your life. Did I like him saying that? No. Did it help me? Yes. Mm. And do I value what he said? Yes. In fact, about 20 years ago, I called him on the phone and I said, I just want you to know that really, um, was, he didn't even remember it. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so when you lose the unity in the community, uh-huh. you have disunity and... Um, Isolation. You kind yeah. of get away from the people of God, which... You stop growing. Yeah. You, you stop growing. You become all that you want to become without being molded and shaped by how the Spirit works in and through His people mm. as the body. It's not good for man to be alone. That's an excellent quote. Hmm. So true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, chapter 13. Here we go. And behold, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord. Well, another one. There you go. To Bethel, Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make offerings. And the man cried against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord. Three times, Molly, in chapter 13. Word mm-hmm. of the Lord, word of the Lord, thus says the Lord. Behold, here it is. Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Mm. Josiah by name, and he shall sacrifice on you, the priests of the high places who make offerings on you, and human bones shall be burned upon you. On you? Yeah, kind of gross, right? Yeah. So there's going to be this cleansing during the time of Josiah, where Josiah is going to take all of the false prophets, false priests, Mm -hmm. false everything, and he's going to destroy them. And Urge. he's kill them, and he's going to burn them, uh-huh. and their ashes are going to be right there in a pile, right on top of all of this altar. Wow. Okay? So God is speaking to Jeroboam, the king, mm-hmm. and saying, like, mm-hmm. all that you're doing. And Jeroboam was really interesting. He, he goes and makes these priests. He finds these people that are kind of, the Bible in the ESV says they're kind of a low life type of person, hmm. mm-hmm. people that don't know much, mm-hmm. and he lifts them up to the status of priest. Oh, wow. You know, and um, so they'll do whatever he tells them to do. A little pawns. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so these are not real priests. They're not Levites. And so Jeroboam's got control of all of these mm-hmm. puppets on a string. And the prophet comes and says, all of these these imitators Mm -hmm. are going to die and Josiah is going to be the new king. Josiah doesn't come on the scene for a while now, Hmm. several chapters later. Mm -hmm. Okay. God is in control. This idea though, of how these priests are going to die is so important. When we come to a prophet Mm -hmm. in the next chapter, who's going to say, I want you to bury me in a certain place on top of the prophet who just died because of me. Now, I know this oh, sounds confusing. Oh, weird. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it in a second. Okay. Let's talk about the chapter. Weird prophet thir- stuff to come. Okay, chapter 13. Here we go. Josiah's uh-huh. going to be born. He's going to have this great cleansing. All these low-life priests mm-hmm. are going to die, these false priests. And Jeroboam stretches out. I'll just tell you the story. <laughs> you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Jeroboam stretches out, out his hand and says, seize him. Okay, he doesn't uh-huh. like what he was just uh-huh. told. Uh-huh. When he stretches out his hand. Oh, yeah, the nerve of the guy. And says, seize this prophet. Uh-huh. We're going to kill him. His hand freezes up like stone. <laughs> yeah. And he can't pull it back. So, can, can you imagine walking around and just pointing at everybody? 
<laughs> and Jeremiah realizes that, you know, that this prophet is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And God has spoken through him about three times. The word of God, the word of God, God said. Mm-hmm. And the next thing that he does is seizes his hand and becomes like stone. And Jeroboam is like, uh, please, I'm sorry. Uh, would you please pray for me? <laughs> and not only does he say to pray for him, but he says, would you pray that my hand gets healed? Mm. Not that I'm really sorry that I offended a holy God and mm-hmm. created all this false worship and these golden calves and these low-life priests. He doesn't say anything about all the things that he did. All he cares about is the restoration of his, his heart. Is hardened, it sounds like. A lot of people today, God sends things into our lives, sometimes sickness, sometimes some difficulty. God allows difficulty. The book of um, Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 10 through 35, if you would read that, that would save people so much counseling (laughs) reading that. Mm -hmm. Because God, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. God causes grief. Lamentations. Lamentations, chapter 3. He causes it for one reason. To restore and redeem us, to help us to understand how faithful he is so that we can, that we can enjoy his compassions that are new every morning because his mercy never, see, never mm-hmm. fails. That's what God wants us to experience. So Jeroboam is not getting the message. Mm-hmm. All he cares about is his own physical healing. You know, the book of James says, if anyone's sick, mm-hmm. let him pray. If he doesn't get healed... Let him call for the elders. Let them put oil on him and let them, let them pray over him. Mm-hmm. And then it says this, the prayer of faith will save the sick. Mm. And his sins will be forgiven. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, because God allows sometimes, some, not all the time, God allows and sometimes causes mm-hmm. these things to happen in our lives so that we'll come to the point where we'll recognize our sin mm-hmm. so that the sin, Jesus heals people and he says, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. And so there's something about the things that God brings into our lives, the difficulties that he brings into our lives mm-hmm. are for the reason for us to repent, for us to see what's going on in our own lives, mm-hmm. not to change somebody else. Not The very first thing shouldn't be, Lord, heal me. Mm-hmm. Lord, redeem me. Thank you for spending time with us today, and please join us again next week as we continue our studies in another episode of Fastened Like Nails. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. A revolution rampages outside while a family huddles inside. When is the fighting going to end for? I don't know, sir. It sounds like they're getting closer. Tonight, the life of Jack and his family will change forever. <gasps> Seize the Baron! Please! Please don't take him! Please! Lamplighter Theatre presents The Unexpected Return. Stand back! What have you done with my children? This violence will soon spread far and wide throughout our country. This is my home! Not anymore. Yes, I still have fear. Isabel, run out the back. But I also believe that it is in places such as this where God does his greatest work. Why would you imprison an innocent man? 
you're too late. Monsieur Durlo is scheduled for execution tomorrow morning. No, my husband. Whether I live or die, God's promises are true even in the darkest moments. On the next Lamplighter Theatre.